Julian exclamation point Carson Wentz here <laughs> just wanted to reach out and let you know that I'm fired up to compete with you man you're a heck of a player and I look forward to our battles in practice exclamation point exclamation point read reach out anytime and I look forward to meeting you soon and so that's not that bad that's fine press yeah press Y for the <laughs> I don't know it's it's <laughs> Welcome to the You Thought Sports Podcast. We are a day late, but hopefully not a dollar short. I'm Jared, alongside the usual cohort of my friends, Lucas, Aiden, Bart, and my brother, Wyatt. If you like us, oh, subscribe no, on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> yeah, yeah Wyatt, so you're not mean. a friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, a friend, friend of the pod, but... Yeah. <laughs> if you like us, if you thought that was funny, by the way, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, or YouTube. We'll put handles in the description. We'll start off this week, of course, with news we missed. One thing that I thought was interesting is that Naomi Osaka won the Australian Open and en route defeated Serena Williams in straight sets in an earlier round. Serena Williams is still one Grand Slam away from tying the individual record, but many are speculating that Osaka is just going to beat both those records, which uh, is kind of interesting because I think she's won her first four Grand Slams that she's entered. She's one of all, I I believe is the stat. Anyway, there's a lot of speculation that she's going to, that the torch has already been passed, Mm -hmm. essentially, which I think is interesting. I do hope Serena gets another one, though, uh, for what it's worth. I think she'll get the record for sure. Like, I I don't think, I mean, unless something dramatic happens. Yeah. That's the hope. Yeah, I mean,. Naomi Osaka wins the next. She wins every major for the rest of time until she retires. Easy. Um, And another more somber note, but another individual sport. We are all wishing Tiger Woods a speedy recovery. Obviously, that was pretty big news, I believe, yesterday that he got in a big car accident. Hoping that him and his family are all doing well. And hopefully he can get back on the golf course when he's feeling right on that as well. But hopefully he gets a speedy recovery there. Um, moving over to some NBA news, we don't really care about all-star selections on this show, as we probably said before, but there was some controversy, of course, with the starters being announced earlier. A lot of people, the media and the players felt Damian Lillard should have been a starter over Luka, according to the rankings, but Luka got more fan votes. What else is we are, we are exactly. anxiously waiting for Dame Dalla to make a new album using this fresh material. Uh, another, another, like snub that seems to happen every year Devin Booker was initially left <laughs> yeah. off the team yeah. and instead CP3 his teammate made it which was kind of funny but it was announced later that Booker would take Anthony Davis's spot because AD is injured and is is that the second time this has happened to Devin Booker where he made it because of an injury I think this right? happened last year yeah that's what I thought <laughs> as well <laughs> which sparked the all-star don't all-star teams don't matter debate that we had yeah mm, yeah. yeah that's what I thought uh, another news, Bruce Arians has been talking about Bill Belichick a lot, which apparently Wyatt, you don't <laughs> like. I, I, haven't, I haven't been following that. Give us an update. No, but he likes to throw little jabs like, I let Tom Brady be Tom, and, you know, Tom wanted to do without Bill Belichick, and look at, look at, look at we, what we did. It just doesn't make any sense of why Bruce Arians would have any mind what, what, or a care at all what Belichick did over the last 20 years because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, is Arians trying to throw himself in the greatest coach of all time debate? There's just no reason why like he should be talking about Bill Belichick at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well he did he did he didn't win a Super Bowl in his first year with Brady, which Bill <clears throat> Belichick did not do. So how about that? <laughs> <Take> that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Shaq Gus Malzahn was hired last week to coach Lucas's second favorite college fo- football team, UCF. Obviously, Gus Malzahn was the Auburn coach. Auburn fans, by the way, are just never happy. I mean, Gus Malzahn, like, honestly did a pretty good job there, I thought. He beat Alabama, I think, twice in, like, five, four or five tries, something like that. He did He did a good job there, I thought, though. And Auburn fans literally just aren't fired, are, are, are never happy. They always just want to fire their coach, it seems like. <laughs> Since they won the title with Cam, they just can't be pleased yeah. with anything less than the best. Yeah, yeah, they fired their coach, like, a season and a half later. Like, uh-huh. oh, my goodness. It, it was pretty crazy. Anyway. Dak Prescott is still making headlines as every <laughs> if you're watching sports shows right now, mm-hmm. sports debate shows, you uh, you've definitely seen that every sports show feels the need to talk about his contract situation literally every day. I'm getting kind of tired of it to be honest, but I am still bringing it up. I could never, yeah. Even though na- no actual games are being played and we're like focused on this, like it's, I don't know, it's it's kind of ridiculous. And my favorite headline until we get onto the real discussion, there was a mm-hmm. report there was a report last week that multiple teams have mm-hmm. Zach Wilson ahead of Trevor Lawrence on their draft boards, <laughs> which I was talking with Wyatt. I literally was talking with Wyatt before the college football season ended. Like, we're going to see stuff that, like, oh, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. Trey Lance or something. Yeah. <laughs> Shooting mm-hmm. to the top, like, yeah. It happens literally every time, even when there's a surefire number one pick. But, yeah, I thought that was funny. I heard Wilson described as Mahomes-esque in a few circles, which, <laughs> in a few you know? circles. Yeah. Which circles are you in? We need to get some more sources. Twitter. Yeah. I don't know. I love it. All right, let's go on to Wensylvania no more. The Philadelphia Eagles traded quarterback Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts for a third-round draft pick and a conditional second-rounder. Lucas, what does this trade mean for each team's future, and will a move to Indy help resurrect Wentz's career? So, I have pretty strong feelings about this as an Eagles fan. Uh, first, um, for the Eagles, I think one, overall, not too bad a move for the Eagles. They got rid of a guy who was a total drain on the locker room. There was a report that he didn't talk to Doug Peterson for two months at one point. <laughs> apparently, oh I read new reporting said I read new reporting today that Apparently, this all started in the 2018 season when he was injured, but less severely injured, and they played fulls over him in the playoffs, um, and the, just deteriorated from that point on. So, like, going on three years at this point, not great. Um, and he just didn't really seem to be able to organize and galvanize the Eagles, which is something that you need to do um, as a quarterback. And aside from, like, the lack of leadership there, he was just also one of the worst quarterbacks in all of pro football last year um granted the team wasn't fantastically built but uh he was 34th in completion percentage um he had the highest interception percentage um and i think you could probably make the argument that him along with my former dark horse mvp drew Locke, who was the only person who was equal to or lower than him of any starter in the nfl this year um was the worst quarterback in the nfl yeah um, in terms of Hurts, um, that's who they stick with. I think he has the chance to be a decent NFL quarterback. Um, but I think this also sort of signals that the Eagles are going full rebuild mode and just going to try and build up maybe around him. I know there's reporting that they might take a quarterback with the sixth pick, and we'll discuss that later. But my initial thoughts are that's ridiculous. Um, but it's going to be hard for them to like rebuild in any sense because they took a $33.8 million cap hit. Yeah. Um, because of the Wentz, which is the biggest in history. Um, and so I think it's just sort of, I don't know. 
it, it's time to rebuild for the Eagles, is what I think essentially this spells out. Um, as for the Colts, um, they're taking a pretty big risk. I feel like that Frank Reich will be able to take Wentz back to his 2017 form. Reich was the offensive coordinator for the Eagles team that won the Super Bowl that year. Um, but I just think the last few seasons have proved that he's an average at best quarterback, and that's being generous, and I don't know how much he can really improve. He'll be better next year with the Colts, like the Colts have a better team around him, and I think he'll be able to get a little better, but I I don't know. I'm not super convinced. One final thing I wanted mm-hmm. to add on this subject before everybody else has their say is that um, a lot has been made of Wentz's new leadership in Indianapolis. People are already hyping up that like he's texting his teammates. He's going to be a great <laughs> leader there. But as Twitter user Ian Cohen pointed out, at E-N underscore Cohen, um, his texts sound like he's a 2K bot. Um, he, <laughs> this is the following text he sent to Colt Safety Julian Blackman. Julian, exclamation point, Carson Wentz here. <laughs> Just wanted to reach out and let you know that I'm fired up to compete with you, man. You're a heck of a player, and I look forward to our battles in practice, exclamation point, exclamation point. Read, reach out anytime, and I look forward to meeting you soon. And so that's not that hmm. bad. That's fine. Press yeah, press Y for the. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's it's not 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 <laughs> so not terrible, but I thought it was funny because it does vaguely sound like what a player in 2K would say. Anyway, that's my say on Carson Wentz. Can I go? Well, I know you have strong thoughts, so go ahead. Yeah, Carson go Wentz ahead. got exactly what he wanted. Yep. He's reuni- reuniting with his former offensive coordinator, mm. which is ironic because I mm-hmm. think the Eagles are trying to do something similar when they hired mm-hmm. uh, Nick Sirianni. Mm-hmm. He's going to be put behind one of the best O-lines in football. Solid mm-hmm. running game with Don- Jonathan Taylor and pretty decent weapons. I think Michael Pittman is a stud. So as mm-hmm. far as I'm concerned with Carson Wentz, there are absolutely zero excuses <laughs> going forward. He has nobody to challenge him for a starting mm-hmm. position. The backup quarterback quarterback complex is gone. There are no statues outside of, of his backup quarterback uh, you know, to haunt him every day he comes in. The Eagles believed in Car- Carson Wentz enough to give him $130 million, and he rewarded them with some of the worst quarterback play over the last two years, like uh, like Lucas was saying. <laughs> he's a finger pointer. He's not very well liked in the locker room. I think he's a baby, and there's been no reports at all of any player coming out and going against the idea that he's not liked in the locker room. Nobody said, you know what, we do like Carson Wentz. Not even anonymously has somebody been like, that's not true at all. At the end of last year, he opted not to speak to the media uh, at the end of the la- uh, at the last game. I mean, he, I don't buy the narrative that he had no talent around him because they obviously mm-hmm. won a Super Bowl with their backup quarterback. And I know it's not exactly the same team, and the Eagles aren't completely devoid of blame here. But I just think that the fact of the matter is Carson Wentz is just not good. I don't think he's good anymore. I don't think he's ever going to be the guy that we saw back in, what, 2016, 2017? Mm-hmm. And the best oh, we might get is the following season where he threw for 68% completion. Yeah, I think yeah, well, the I, thing I, I you guess. mentioned... Oh, go, go ahead, Luke. Jared. Oh, I think I just the thing I think that you mentioned there, Wyatt, that I really agree with is that like there's no excuses for him at this point. Like he can't say he can't blame the front office. He can't blame the coaching. He can't like great coach. Throw, yeah, great coach. One of the best front offices in football. Yeah, there's no offensive ex- line in football. What else is no, there for him? Exactly. So like at this point, and like I don't want to root for him to fail, but I like I kind of want as an Eagles fan to be validated that like I wasn't. <laughs> 
crazy in the fact seeing him as like you know yeah. whiner complainer locker room cancer um because i think that's honestly what might happen here but i have a very sinking feeling that he'll be much improved next year but who knows I remember yeah. week one of this past se- the season that just happened, Lucas. You were like all ready to jump off the Wentz train, so you were you were ahead of the curve. I will give you that. Yeah. I am I am on board with like what you guys are saying. I don't think we should have like these expectations that he's going to be like a Russell Wilson or like Josh Allen level talent. Like he's like a Ryan Tannehill guy, probably to be honest. Like he had that one blast off season right that he had in 2017 mm-hmm. he had one really bad season this last season mm-hmm. and then overall he's just like he's an average you know and i think he wouldn't have those expectations on him if he wasn't on the eagles which are like mm-hmm. apparently one of the best brands in the in the game and all that right and i i think if he never was in that situation he wouldn't have all the pressure that's on him right now yeah. and we shouldn't mm-hmm. be putting that on him like he's he's a ryan Tannehill kind of guy i think yeah, I mean, as as Lucas and Wyatt were saying about the lack of excuses now, we're really going to see how much of his Philly performance was in his head, like, this yeah. next season. Because, mm-hmm. like, maybe he'll still be in his own head, but, like, a lot of that stuff is off. So, like, this, this is going to be it. We'll be able to see Carson Wentz for, for who he really is. Um, to be honest, though, I don't think it's a bad deal for the Colts. Um, I think it's fairly low risk. I mean, they can get out in two years paying him like 40 million or something, which is obviously a lot of money, but he's off after that. And they're giving up like at worst a first rounder. And that's if he's good, right? Like if he plays, which, at which point it'd be mm-hmm. worth it. Yeah. Think, if he plays, I think yeah. he can go into two first rounders. It's a third and a second that becomes a first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that the, it becomes a first if they play. He plays like seventy-five yeah. percent of snaps or something like that. Yeah, so he's gonna, gonna be. Sit, they're gonna be sitting him in the fourth quarter if they're. Elite, if they're elite. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah. apparently the Eagles are gonna draft a quarter, may draft a quarterback with their sixth overall pick, and make Jalen Hurts fight for the starting spot again. Thoughts didn't, on this? Didn't I make a joke? At the end of the, like the last week, that the Cowboys should draft another receiver and the Eagles should draft another quarterback. I didn't think I that remember. it would actually happen. It was a couple episodes ago. Okay, but it would actually happen. They would decide that their issues started and ended at the quarterback position. I mean, I like I said, I don't believe that they they were had no weapons at all. But the team is not good. Offensive line is yeah. not good, and the defense isn't good. So to draft a quarterback would be ridiculous, in my opinion. If they don't take a wide receiver or a corner with that pick, I'm going to be furious, like apocalyptically <laughs> yeah. mad, because they're just so bad on the perimeter that if they waste it on another quarterback, it's just such a bad move. What if... What I if, mean... Go ahead, Mark. I don't know. Like, suppose that they are l- quite low on Hurts. If Fields or Wilson falls to six, I would not blame them necessarily. I mean, it'd be kind of like the Cardinals giving up on Rosen after one season, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, but Rosen stunk. No. Yeah, and Jalen well, Hurts yeah, was like, good. You could, argue, you could argue, no, I mean Hurts was good, but he was decent. I don't know. He only had four. I games mean, from a from, from yeah, right, right, right. But from a from office perspective, like you don't pass up your guy if you think your quarterback mm-hmm. for like the future is right there. I know that there's dumb not to. The coaches love to bring in their own guy, and everybody wants to have the guy mm-hmm. that they that they created. And if Jalen Hurts fails and then they get fired, it's like, oh, well, I never had my chance of getting my quarterback. <laughs> but I know that the reason why they drafted Jalen Hurts and they drafted him so early is because they were super high on Russell Wilson way back when he was drafted. 
and they were going to draft him probably somewhere in the third or fourth round, and he got um, taken by the Seahawks, of course, before they even got a chance to get him. Mm-hmm. So now they they go and they get Jalen Hurts because they see a little Russell Wilson quality in him. And would you give up on Russell Wilson if you had him in your locker room? I mean, I, I don't – maybe Jalen Hurts being Russell Wilson is a stretch, but I think he's a good starting quarterback, and I'm not willing to give up on him at all. Me neither. And, you know – I hope that they, if they do draft a quarterback, it's Trey Lance. Full circle. I do kind of agree with what Bart's saying, though, but I think it would have to be, like, extremely unique circumstances for them to do that. Like, I think they'd yeah. probably have to trade into the top three to get yeah. one of those guys, like Wilson, or not that they'll get Trevor Lawrence, but... I think, to, I, yeah, could Justin Fields, Fields make it that far? Like, yeah, he maybe. potentially could, but I, th- I feel like Wilson will definitely... Be gone at that point. I think. Yeah, people are all just really They're obsessed with it, with being Though a quarterback maybe factor. Pass. I don't know because yeah. uh, mm-hmm. I believe yeah. it was Roseman or the owner. They said it. All right, uh, they said it that um, they're a quarterback factor when they drafted Jalen Hurts. They take pride in being a team <sighs> that pumps out quarterbacks, that. which which is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, just that's win. that's Pumping who they want the to be. Is that they're like, oh, we mold quarterbacks into the future of blah blah blah. Mm. I mean. Here's what I know now about drafting quarterback, especially after this year. We have no idea who's going to be a good quarterback and who's going to be a bad quarterback. Because when when Tua got drafted, it was the overall consensus that he was the better quarterback between him and Justin Herbert. Teams were tanking for Tua, the Dolphins were, originally. That was a slogan that they had. And now if we had to do it all over again, Justin Herbert probably would have gone maybe number one over you know over Joe Burrow. They have no idea. They can go and they can they can take a shot at a Zach Wilson. They can take a shot at a Justin Fields. And if they're not getting Trevor Lawrence, who we still is not, are not 100% sure on, they might just be back in the same circle at all where they have zero good quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Why don't they just develop a guy that they have in the roster who won them some games? Does winning not matter to the Eagles anymore? <laughs> I mean, like, at the end of the day, he wins football games. And they got to at he least does. give him some, you know – a little bit of a runway here mm-hmm. agreed i hate it when like quarterbacks get results and, like yes he's only had four games but they get results in college and then for some reason everybody's like no he can't play and, like, i don't know it doesn't you make know sense. and jared that's the same thing it was when deshaun watson was coming out and yeah. he was he was a winner he won the you know he was the heisman a heisman guy and uh you know like he was he i don't think he won the heisman but he was, he was you know he, he was a finalist and he won a national championship and he was he was at the top of college football, and he was not the number one quarterback taken. Mm-hmm. Like teams just they don't value winning for some reason when it comes to you know evaluating quarterbacks, evaluating players. I mean, Jalen Hurts is probably one of the better guys you can have sitting behind your center. Yeah, it is tough to evaluate, but can, it, it just makes no sense, huh? <laughs> uh, we can move back to this take. <laughs> Uh, in a year because I, I mean it's not I don't think it's that black and white Why? I, I like I like him too but I don't think it's that black and white yeah. we've seen plenty of quarterbacks kind of show glimpses in their first season and then just kind of yeah. fall off okay so what will it take oh, yeah. for you to think That's that true. Jalen Harris is a good quarterback because whatever it is I'll uh, book that he does it I don't, like, I don't know I mean like a, a full season of good whatever good is I'm not, I, don't, I don't know what the numbers would be all I'm saying is like if they drafted someone he's not even necessarily going to be the backup like maybe it's a healthy thing to have them compete in training camp. I don't know. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, I it's not that black and white. Not with a six-round pick though, and, and when you use a second-round pick on Jalen Hurts, it makes no sense. But 
it, it does feel like there's a disconnect between what the owner wants and what Howie Roseman wants and then what the coach like they brought in a coach and everybody's like oh this means they're not giving up on Carson Wentz and then two weeks later he's traded I mean I don't know I don't really know what they're doing I don't know what their plan is it seems kind of crazy but um really quickly we can go through this does this affect Sam Darnold's trade value anybody have thoughts on that I initially was like, Sam Darnold will go for nothing. And I thought about it a little bit later. Sam Darnold's not asking to leave the Jets. Like, he's not a disgruntled, mm-hmm. you know, damaged yeah. goods kind of... Oh, he is damaged goods. But he's not exactly <laughs> in the same situation as Carson Wentz. I don't think that he's going to go more for more than a third-round pick. Uh, but I eventually said that he should go for a box of scraps. And I'm going to take that back because I think that maybe a third, fourth, or fifth-round pick might be good for a guy like Sam Darnold. But, like, it, when this offseason started, who would you have said was worth more? I, I would have said Darnold, just because Wentz was so bad. Darnold so, was just as bad, though. Like, his stats Dar- are Darnold's a lot cheaper. Same. But the thing about Sam Darnold Yeah, the me, contract is, yeah. Is that you're going to have to pick up his fifth-year option. So you have to make a decision quick whether or not this guy's actually good. Yeah. Unless he blossoms like Ryan Tannehill did outside of the Adam Gase cloud, right? I mean, like, we don't actually know if he's good. At all, right. like he hasn't. Yeah, I, really he's yeah, he's being so. dealt the short end of the stick, but we have no clue if he's good, and I don't believe he is. To be honest, yeah. I was never yeah. very high on him. I don't. Yeah, I don't either. And I, I think that well, the the one thing that Carson once had going for him, and clearly what the Colts are going for, is that at some point he was good, and they're going to try and reclaim that. We still haven't seen Sam Darnold like show any <laughs> real semblance of like being productive. And again, that could be that Adam Gase cloud, but. Um, I think that means that he's yeah he's he's worth probably a third rounder. I would agree. Yeah, especially in, with a a really quarterback heavy draft, nobody's going to mm-hmm. want to give up their first mm-hmm. round pick this year. Probably that's true. That wants yeah. quarterback. Right. Um, last question, really quickly. If you guys have thoughts or not, that's fine. Any thoughts on why this off season has featured more high profile quarterback trades than previous seasons? I know exactly why. Why? <laughs> Tom Brady goes to the Buccaneers. They go yeah. all in on him. Yeah. Right, they get whatever he wants. They say, well, "We'll get you Gronk. We'll get you Ant- uh, Antonio Brown." Right? He he already has loaded weapons. We'll get you Leonard Fournette. We'll do whatever you say, Tom. Right? And now these quarterbacks are like, "Well, I want that. I want to yeah. be a guy who's in a situation where they're gonna buy in on me." And like Russell Wilson is going through right now, and Deshaun Watson is going through right now, where they want to be a part of the decision making the same way that Tom Brady was, because they've seen what they can do. So I think that that's why. A lot of these quarterbacks are like, either you're going to do what I th- I want to do or you're going to get rid of me. I agree. Mm-hmm. I, I do think, though, effect. though, so far that the big, like, high-profile QB trades have mostly been, like, damaged goods guys. Well, not not always. Stafford, I, I don't know if I would call Stafford damaged goods. No, he's no, Goff not is. Top 10 on top. <laughs> yeah. The talent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but Goff and Wentz are. And, it's like, obviously mm-hmm. if Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson got traded – um, I think that whole thing about Brady could be true, but I feel like so far it's still been guys who are like not anywhere near kind of Tom Brady level of you know um, stardom or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I also think from a team side, they see like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes who are like under twenty five mm-hmm. succeeding. They're like, we don't need to give this guy three years. Like he's out, <laughs> right? Like they, mm-hmm. I feel yeah, like yeah. that's what they did with the golf situation is yeah. what I'm thinking of specifically. But. Yeah. Okay, it also gets... seems to. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, Bart. 
I was just going to say, it also seems to suggest that teams think that their windows are opener, or that there's more parity, I guess, because you wouldn't be mm. making moves like this if you didn't think you had a chance to compete, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. guess that maybe maybe seeing the Chiefs lose has, has given some people hope. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I, I do think the NFL probably has the most parity between NFL, NBA, yeah. and MLB. Even though MLB is random, the Dodgers are yeah, so yeah. stacked right now. It's, yeah. it's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Okay. Any other last thoughts on that before we move to the NBA? No. Cool. So we're going to move to the NBA. By the way, I want to hear, listeners, if you're still listening, give us your thoughts on this. The, I know a lot of other shows are still going really heavy into NFL news, even though it's like the heat of the NBA season and nothing's happening in the NFL. Are you annoyed by that? And are you happy that we're doing more NBA news? Let us know, please, because I'd like to get your thoughts on that. So NBA, we're going to talk about Zion Williamson and his development. He's averaging 25 points a game, which is 14th in the league. He's got a 61% field goal percentage, fifth in the league, and is sixth in the league in Aiden's favorite stat, player efficiency rating. However, some critics still are not convinced and argue that Zion is falling short of expectations somehow. Wyatt is one such critic that doesn't really like Zion that much. Wyatt is Zion's development as a star and as a player on track, or does he deserve more respect? I mean, he he's the NBA's wonder boy. How much more respect could you give him? Everybody talks about Zion like he's the second coming of, of basketball Jesus. <clears throat> but to answer your first question, I'm going to say yes, but with an asterisk. What? I think, I think he's an unbelievable what? talent. He's shown his ability to score uh, at a high and very efficient volume. His athletic abilities are obviously unmatched, and he's doing all in his second year at the ripe age of 20 years old. I don't think that that should be um, – you know, watered down at all. His scoring, he's, he's a, a great scorer. And now that the asterisks that I would say is that everybody in the NBA now is a great scorer. Everybody can go and get you 25 to 30 points. We see it. James Harden, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker. I mean, these guys can go out and get you points whenever they need to. Uh, I think that it's not enough to be a championship winning player. He can be an NBA superstar. But to win championships, he's going to have to do a lot more. I don't believe that his game stretches the floor as much as other superstars. I don't believe that he sets up shots well enough for other teammates. And then, in fact, I think he needs to have his shot set up more often than he does being able to facilitate that and set up a shot for somebody else. And he's pretty much just a high-volume paint shooter, which is Giannis is a high-volume paint shooter, which at some point in the playoffs, they're just going to stick Rudy Gobert in the paint or they're going to overload the paint or something like that and make Zion play from a two, a, um, shoot the two or shoot the three, do something outside of his comfort zone. He's only 20 years old, so I'm not going to harp on him too much. Uh, but, I mean, as of right now, we've seen that what this looks like in New Orleans before, and now that player is playing in purple and gold in L.A. So I think that Zion is a good player. I think he could be a star. But right now, I think he's just a really good number two. Yeah, I think the him being a paint scorer is like the biggest knock. I would say mm-hmm. I was looking at shot charts of like LeBron, KD, and Giannis were the three people I looked at for their second seasons. Nobody was remotely as paint heavy as Zion is right now. Mm-hmm. He's taken 17 threes all season. That's it, and he's only made six of them, so it's not even good. <laughs> it's crazy. Everybody else was at least taking mid range jumpers, if not threes as well. So yeah. I think. You like it, like why it said he's a scorer right now, but he's like kind of like a one-trick pony with it. Once people 
in a play in like in a seven game playoff series, if you need to defend him, you know exactly how to do it. It's kind of like what the Spurs did to LeBron in his first finals. Mm-hmm. They just forced him inside. They forced him to try to make things happen uh, in like inside the the three point line, and he just couldn't do it. He shot terribly mm-hmm. that series, and they lost. Um, so yeah, I think Zion needs to show more offensive development because twenty five points a game is great until you realize that you're a one trick pony. Yeah. I mean, and I think, good points, I, but even, is is twenty five points a game evidence that people know how to stop him? I don't really think it is. Well, no, I mean, it's kind of like Giannis though. Like Giannis in the playoffs, always gets bottled up a little bit, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the regular season, he puts up huge numbers. I think it's a, it's like a, I don't know, I don't know why that happens because you you do know how to stop him, but I think teams hone in on it a little but, bit more. I mean, more. we've heard the song and dance before like, that they, they do this thing in the regular season. He can kind of do whatever he wants to. But if if we're talking about Zion as a superstar, as a number one overall pick, as a guy who's going to win you championships and revive New Orleans the way, the, the way that Anthony Davis could never do, mm-hmm. you know, the narrative that they have around him, is not good enough. He's going to get you 25 points. But, I mean, to be the number one guy and the savior of New Orleans, he's going to have to do more than just be a high-volume paint scorer. There are plenty of high-volume paint scorers in the league. And the reason why the big man is dying is because it's easier. You have to do more outside of the paint and at the arc you know yeah i don't know i, don't yeah, know, but I think i definitely I think about like, outside the paint i think he might need to add yeah. to his game like in rebounding but i don't know about sure and, and you know and add, add to that jared real quick sorry Aiden. um is that <laughs> he can rebound he can rebound at a higher rate and he, he should be mm-hmm. a better paint defender and a shot blocker mm-hmm. than what he is right mm-hmm. now with the ability that he has Mm-hmm. Go ahead, yeah. I think that's all fair. I I do think that Zion is more versatile than he's given credit for, and I think like part of it is also due to how the Pelicans use him. Like in college, for example, Zion was in the 99th percentile of points produced when he was the ball handler in a pick mm-hmm. and pick and roll situations. He was fantastic at handling the ball there. The Pelicans did none of that last year, and this year they've started doing it, and he's fourth in the NBA out of all players in points produced per situation like that. Like, I think there is more to his game than just him being inside, even if, Bart, you're totally right, that's what he's been doing largely. I don't know if that's the Pelicans or him, um, but I think he has the potential and the ability, like, to to have a more diverse game. Yeah, and even in the last few games, I think the Pelicans have sort of, I don't know what took them so long to sort of reach this, this conclusion because the evidence was there in college, like Aiden mentioned, but, like, when he's a ball handler, like, he can help create offense. And in the last few games, they've been sort of working him into that role more so um, than he'd ever really had before. Um, so I'm, I know early returns are good, like Aiden mentioned, but I'm interested to see how that develops as the year goes on, as he takes on like a more ball heavy role. Like, will teams learn to adapt against it? Will it apply as well to the, um, I don't know, to the NBA um, as it did to college basketball. And another thing to mention, while I generally agree on most of these points, I think um, J.J. Redick was making a case on his podcast that, yes, Zion can do one thing, but he can do one thing unstoppably. And, like, I don't think it's necessarily, at this point, bad for his development if he can just do one thing that pretty much nobody can stop. And if he, like, he'll need to add more to his game, but at this point... The way it is, like nobody can stop him scoring in the paint. So why give up on that while yeah. it's working? Yeah. Can't also, you say from, the exact yeah. same thing about Giannis. Yeah, but okay, I yeah. was looking up Giannis's stats. He's still averaging twenty-eight a game and eleven rebounds. Like he's not being stopped in the playoffs. His right. field goal percentage is fifty-five. Look up, like, look up the critical games that he's played. I mean, he hasn't made it to the finals for that for that reason. It's not like it's a secret. That's like that's. 
I mean, LeBron didn't make it to the final. He was the best player in the league for like probably five years on the Cavs, and didn't he didn't make it to the, he made it to the finals one time. And we're talking about Zion's second, like in Zion's case, we're talking about his second yeah. season. In Giannis's case, yeah. I don't know. He's been in the league like kind of a long, a longer time than he's been a star, but yeah, I don't know. Also, it's yeah, Zion's played like fifty something NBA games at this point, <laughs> yeah. and his numbers this year are up in terms of efficiency, in terms of assists, like fewer turnovers. Like he's shown improvement too. He just, I don't th- think there's enough of a sample size yet for us to kind of say that he's never going to be a, a number gotcha. one guy but i mean here's um, the thing is i don't think that we should be com- we should be dismissive about his high volume paint scoring because he's either <laughs> ben simmons and Giannis, who we are now highly critical of their development of their game they're not great uh go-to guys at the end of the game obviously but neither of them can make a three-pointer or he's a guy like lebron james maybe not not in just sheer talent but lebron james has adapted his game as the year has gone on mm-hmm. he's added more to it and lebron was in the same boat where he was just a, a pretty pretty good scorer around the rim and now he's a good three-point shooter as well so is zion a guy who's going to develop his game up to that point or is he a guy where he's just going to do one thing unstoppably for the next 10 15 years and never win a championship because it happens and we're seeing it right now mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And that's where my asterisk is. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I just yeah, I wonder how telling it is that his early seasons have looked so different from other people. Like I'm looking at Ben Simmons's right now, and he's always been an inside scorer for every season he's been in the league. Like it's not changing. So mm-hmm. you, you wonder, like it, for players who are very unversatile to begin with, it seems like it's uh, not as easy as it looks to just like. I think LeBron is super anomalous in this sense. Yeah. But there are plenty of big guys who have added like an outside game to their to their repertoire. I feel yeah, what, like that's, what about that's Shaq? Not uncommon. Did Shaq get a different three pointer game. in his career? No, it's a different it's it's a different game though than it was in you know two thousand. There were not nearly you, as many three point shooters as there are now. Yeah, exactly. You could playing. you could play through the paint. Uh, teams had yeah. to play through the paint at that yeah. point, and now you don't have to. So it's I think it's less necessary Maybe to have a, a dominant shift, Lucas. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know. As, as a fan of a team with two guys who play a lot in the paint, <laughs> I hope I hope for the paradigm shift. I'm just going to throw this out here. Zion's, Aiden's favorite stat, Zion's player efficiency rating is better than LeBron's in his second season. So is Zion en, en route to be considered a GOAT? Jared, is he better than LeBron? <laughs> Not right no. now. Book it. Book it. Yeah. He's coming, though. We'll see. Uh, I, I wish have a I follow up. I wish. I a, sorry. Oh, go, go ahead, ahead, Lucas. I just say I wish I could have been older than seven in LeBron's second year because I have no concept of what things yeah. are like. Because in my yeah. mind, like yeah. LeBron was always like this god of basketball, yeah. but like in two thousand four, we're like where people like his development isn't year? going further enough. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't know. I, mean, I don't even. I literally don't even remember LeBron on the Cavs the first twenty-seven, time. seven, and seven in his second season. It's pretty insane. good. Pretty yeah, good. that's pretty good. <laughs> See, I always kind of remember LeBron as a Heat, and then like his second yeah. stint with the Cavs. Like I don't really, I didn't think I even watched basketball when he was on the Cavs the first time. Anyway, one of my earliest memories. This is off task, but quickly is is the 2007 Finals. I very distinctly remember watching the Spurs win there. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. I do want to ask a follow up. Is it bad for the league that Zion is like languishing kind of on the Pelicans? And at one point, does the media start to say like? Zion needs to force his way out and all that stuff. Like, when do you think that's going to start? 
soon. Like, I think if by next year the Pelicans aren't winning, I think Bart uses, has used the word aberration a lot to describe LeBron here, and I think it's... Anomaly. Anomaly, sorry. Anomaly. <laughs> totally, to, different. <laughs> totally different. To describe LeBron here, but I think he's another case of, like, he was able to be a star on Cleveland because he was who he was, and also because of, like, the nice sort of, like, connection with, like, it being, like, essentially his hometown and, like, all that sort of stuff. I think... If you look at most other cases of guys on small market teams um, who are that good, I think, I don't know, I think you see a lot of cases for them to get out. I think, you know, Anthony Davis has been mentioned before. Um, I guess people do it less with Giannis, but I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, coming up. Then I know he signed the big mega deal or whatever recently, but I think there'll at least be discussion of them languishing on teams that can't allow them to win. And, New Orleans doesn't even have a great, like, it's a great city, but doesn't have a huge basketball history, so I feel like it gets even more lost in that sense because you have, like, at least the Bucks are, like, a historic franchise. Like, Kareem played for them. Like, they're sort of, like, established in the NBA, so there's at least that clout there. But I just don't think the New Orleans Pelicans have that at all, you know. You think next year, though? <laughs> I I don't know. I can see it. He's, he, he'd be reaching. The, he'd be getting closer to the end of his rookie deal, like with with with, with, with within the range. Uh, but like like Anthony Davis forced his way off after like he's like what seven years something like that. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like we don't see it that often with like a young guy. Again, Zion's yeah, a pretty a pretty big talent, but he doesn't seem like he has the ego for that, and I'm not sure. There's enough like precedence for young guys kind of pushing their way off the team. Oh, I, I, sorry. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should clarify. I don't think Zion will do it. I think people in the media will be like, mm, he fair. should leave. Yeah. Like if it, if like they're really bad at the end of next season, I think like like yeah. you'll hear somebody on ESPN be like, <laughs> Zion needs to start looking for better options and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. By the way, things I learned this week. I'm still kind of catching up on the NBA a little bit. There's a play-in tournament between the seven through ten seeds. Oh really? Mm-hmm. For the seven and eight seed. Yeah. Yeah, I did not yeah. know that until this weekend. I like that they kind of Yeah. yeah. That's kind of is fun. that gonna become a thing? Are they gonna expl- they're probably gonna expand the playoffs to like every team makes it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's <laughs> just <laughs> it's just March Madness yeah, like yeah. it is like... one game. <laughs> Alright. So kind of our NBA kind of our uh sports and American culture uh topic this week. I got a long preamble. I'll try to get through it as quickly as possible. This is about Draymond Green. In response to the Cavs benching Andre Drummond while the Cavs were looking to trade him, Draymond Green calling out the double standard on NBA trades. He said players are criticized for forcing their way out while teams get a free pass for sitting their players while looking for a trade. And another key focus for Draymond was that players are expected to be professional while teams are not held to the same standard. An example that some media members used is how sometimes players found out they've been traded like via the media instead of hearing from the team themselves. Uh, a couple extended quotes. He specifically mentioned James Harden. He said, because when James Harden asked for a trade and essentially dogged it, no one's going to fight back that James was dogging it in his last days in Houston. But he was castrated for wanting to go to a different team, and everybody destroyed that man. And then when he starts getting into professionalism, he says, quote, but I got fined for stating my opinion and what I thought should happen with another player. But teams can come out and continue to say, oh, we're trading guys, we're not playing you. And, we- and yet, we're to stay professional. At some point, as players, we need to be treated with the same respect 
and have the same rights that the team can have. Because as a player, you're the worst person in the world when you want a different situation. But a team can say they're trading you, and that man is to stay in shape, he's to stay professional, and if not, his career is on the line. At some point, this league needs to protect the players from embarrassment like that. Okay, more preamble. I, I didn't know if I should put this topic on the outline because last time when we talked about like player loyalty and stuff, we were all kind of on the same page. So I'm hoping to like stir up a little more debate. Hopefully it doesn't backfire. Aiden, I want to ask you like kind of a loaded question. Because he mentioned, Draymond Green mentioned James Harden's situation. Were James Harden's forced trade antics equivalent to what the Cavs are doing with Andre Drummond in terms of professionalism? Yeah. I mean, Harden's were more dramatic, but they're means to the same exact end as far as i can see like both are fairly unprofessional but both are both are like logical from the perspective of the you know person that's doing it harden from harden's perspective he successfully forced a trade from the Cavs' perspective like why play andre drummond and risk getting him injured when it does not matter at all and i think there's a reason why like the harden case obviously like he got a lot more hate for it and I think it's just because like he was he's a star on a perennial playoff team. Houston fans loved him. Like the risk of, you know, seeing him go was a was a pretty scary prospect and brought out a lot of hate, I feel like. Whereas Drummond's case, he's a like Drummond's good, obviously, but he's on a ten and twenty one team. He's, you know, solid, but there's no nothing tying him to the Cavs. So there's not gonna be the same kind of backlash, I feel like, from from fans or anything like that for the what the Cavs are doing and not playing him. So I don't think they're like completely the same case, I guess. Yeah. So do you you don't do you think it's unprofessional what the Cavs are doing by sitting Andre Drummond while they're looking to trade him? You think that's unprofessional? Yeah, I think it's vaguely unprofessional. It's un. It's the same way you know that tanking is unprofessional, but it happens because it makes sense for the team. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's something that like anything can be done about, but. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's more of, like, maybe, and I think both of you alluded to this as well, like, a question of, like, integrity of the game versus professionalism. And I know both of those things are probably, like, intertwined at some point um, when the profession is the NBA. But, I mean, it just cuts against the idea that, you know, you play to win the game being, like, the the mantra of, like, why you get into sports and do everything. And we've talked in the past, too, about how, you know, like, for the players, there's no incentive to lose or to tank and because you always want people trying their best and um i think both of these things sort of cut against that and while they both from the sense of the team or the player make sense to sort of force through something it just is sort of another layer that shows that sports are more complex than just people playing a game and i think it's a reminder of that that we don't necessarily often get um but is like important because i think we sometimes use sports in like in the context of these being them being like this pure like love of the game type thing which it's not and i think this is evidence of that and you know i think it's good that not good because in both these cases there's a little lack of integrity of the game but it's another reminder that there's another layer to everything we see with sports and it's more than just you know coach sends them to the floor five guys they play for 48 minutes and you see who wins why does Draymond Green care to be honest why <laughs> yeah. he he shouldn't be commenting on another team's 
players because they're not that's not his problem i know he wants to stand up for the little guy or whatever he's you know <laughs> he's on the golden state warriors they won 70 something games blah 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 blah. whatever it is right <clears throat> they're still paying andre drummond andre drummond mm. is not uh getting short of a paycheck He's not losing anything on his side contract-wise. He's still being – his contract, payment-wise, is still being upheld by the Cleveland Cavaliers, whereas James Harden's side of the contract, when he was doing it, was not being upheld because he was dogging it. He wasn't showing up. He wasn't playing, you know, anything like that. Plus, now at this point, if, if they could play Andre Drummond for 10 minutes and set him for the rest of the game, deflate his numbers entirely – absolutely drain any value out of the asset that is Andre Drummond for the Cavaliers. And then, and then what, you know, like it's, it doesn't make any sense that this, that these two are even remotely being compared because they're not even close to being compared to the same thing. Like, I mean, if I'm Andre Drummond, I'm cool. I'm hanging out. Right. It may, do I want to play basketball? Probably. But am I like being screwed over entirely in the situation? I'm not even close. I don't think it's that simple of a situation. It is a, I, think, I think it is. No, I I, I I think Draymond Green missed the mark. Go ahead, Lucas. I think that like there's more like it's not like Drummond's just like hanging out in his house. Like he still has to work out with the team. He still has to stay in shape. And it's like you're forcing him to do all the work and then not giving him any of the reward out of it of getting to you play basketball games. Million dollars is what he's getting out of it. <laughs> yeah, but he's doing that to play basketball. How do you feel if you're put in the situation where like you're paid to do something and they make you do all the work building up to it and they're like you know what you're not good enough or you're we don't value not you're not good enough we don't value enough to actually have you do the thing we're paying you to do like i think it's not it's not a great look no but it's like if i saw this analogy it was on a yahoo sports article by ben Rohrbach. it's like if he's working for doritos and they're like, hey, you, you've done a great job here, but we, we're going to move on from you. It doesn't make any sense for you to work because you might get hurt. So we're going to pay you just to rest while, while we find you another good situation. How's that unprofessional? How's that bad? I think He's it's not being just blindsided different. by this. I mean, they told him, and same with Blake Griffin, who's in a similar situation. They told him, they said, we're going to try to trade you. We're going to move on. Right? Like, he knows what's going on. He's not like, whoa, what's, ha- what's happening? How Coach, how come I'm not? He knows what's going on, right? And he has to be on board with that. And if he had a problem with it, he's like, this is ridiculous, and he wouldn't show up. Yeah, but then why should he have to work out with the team? Why should he have to he practice? He doesn't have why to do anything. Doing? I think they're making him come to team practices. I mean, I guess he could hold it's, out it's or whatever. the contract that he still participates in stuff. And they're good. And, team- and, and in return, they pay him. No, but the him. expectation is when you sign that contract that you play basketball, and he's not playing no, the basketball. the expectation is that when you sign the contract, they're going to pay you to do whatever they want you to do. <laughs> yeah, if you're sitting on the bench, if you're sitting on the bench, are you like not? Are they not fulfilling their end of the bargain? Like if no, you're but, just not good enough to play, right? Well, so I mean, they signed you for not, that's not why they're not playing Drummond though. Yeah, like, not, but it, not it's the same. It's the same end enough. result. Why does the why matter? It's the same end result. He not. I think it kind of does from a perspective of the integrity of the game, doesn't well, it? Maybe from integrity. To, I don't care about integrity though. Player versus okay. inter- what, but like you're saying, if a player sits out, it's different. But by that logic, it's the same end result, right? If I'm saying. I'm saying if you just versus if you willingly sit as a player. No, I'm saying if the coach says, like, this guy isn't good, but we're still paying him, and he sits on the bench the entire game, what's the difference? 
It's the same end. Because that's in the best interest of the team winning. Yeah, which is the Andre Drummond case too, right? Isn't it also in the best case of the team winning, they're going to trade him? I guess like long, long term. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, why are they doing it? 40 chess, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'll say that. I'll say this, Draymond Green, the article, the Yahoo Sports article said this, like, there is a double standard, but there should be. Like, there's double standards in in anything where there's a hierarchy and, like, authority, there has to be a double standard for stuff to work. Like, a teacher is held to a different standard than a student, and they can behave differently. A teacher can cut off a student, and they're expected to if they're, getting, if they're talking out of a turn, but a student wouldn't do that to a teacher. It makes no sense. Because, like, those... That sort of hierarchy and authority, like in double standard, needs to happen for like authority relationships to function. Am I but, wrong? Like, on the on the high level of loyalty, I don't know that that's necessarily true. I think that's kind of like the the higher idea of what Draymond is getting at. Like, is is what it seems like teams are given more leeway of being unloyal yeah. and just saying like f it, and players have to be more like you're gonna play but even if you don't. Like I it. don't believe. Mm-hmm that this is a loyalty thing because mm. like Andre Drummond well, hasn't I mean, dedicated his life to the Cleveland Ca- Cavaliers. Like he hasn't been, you don't know that. Like, like, yeah. let's, let's imagine this. Let's say JJ Watt on the Houston Texans, right? He's been there his entire life. He's done everything for the community. And then one day they decide to trade him for the, to the, you know, the Jaguars and he never gets a chance to win. Like teams, teams still do right by their players. Like this isn't the same situation as, as far as loyalty goes where, they owe Andre Drummond like anything. Okay, but then when James Harden wants to leave, does he owe the Rockets anything? He signed a contract. The contract is I mean, yeah. You, I, I signed the contract, or you signed a contract. I'm, I'm paying you okay. I mean, I to work that's... for me, <laughs> and that entitled that that you working for me means that you do whatever it is I need you to do, you know, within the realm of possibility in the basketball sense right and in the realm of possibility in the game of basketball there was a bench and you can sit on it right so <laughs> like there's some pine there if if andre drummond is still getting paid his 26 whatever million dollars then that's okay he's then he's okay if they were like you know what don't show up like we're gonna figure this out well you know you, you know you won't get another paycheck because you're not playing basketball that's different Wyatt, are there cases that no. you would like be in support <laughs> of a player forcing their way out of a situation? How, like, not necessarily an aggressive way, like in a JJ Watt, like, I want to leave kind of way. He had a contract, but I think, mm-hmm. or at least I'm of the opinion that he had a, a lot of right to like want to get out of it. You do, but I mean, the team doesn't have to do anything with it. I mean, like, yeah, that, that case was mutual, right? But. I mean, do you think the Texans wanted to? Yeah. Like, you yeah, think they didn't they... want to pay him seventeen million again? Mm-hmm. Apparently, they, apparently they didn't. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I just think I, there, there should be, there is a double standard, and like, there should be. <laughs> I mean, like, people are, a te- like I said, I, I'll just go back to it. A teacher and a student are treated differently. You know, a teacher makes the rules of the classroom. A student doesn't. It's also, but like, eight, but, eight and uh, I mean, they're in totally analogy, different. A student yeah. expects the teacher to provide like a good learning environment. Like a player expects the team to like be good for him. 
and they are like, and that's that's true. That's not true. That's all. They're paying him money. What is he doing? They're paying millions of dollars. He's not squirting water into guys' mouths and halftime. No, it's yeah. It's about so much more than just money. Yeah. Like he's he's not being like, they're not damaging his image by this. Like people know like. Somebody said that he can go 30 and 20 and, and have zero impact on the game. Like, it, they're not, like, damaging the image of Andre Drummond. People don't yeah. believe that he's, like, maybe he does suck. Like, it's not like that's not what we're talking about. They're, they're not doing wrong by him in the situation. Bart, I mean, they what, are. Bart, they signed Bart, him what? to the – whatever what about what about a ceo what about a ceo of a company like a let's say a five-person company an employee saying hey i'm still paying you but your responsibilities are going to be a little different in fact they're going to be easier but i'm going to be paying you the same amount of money doesn't that analogy work well yeah but then in that analogy it's also totally fine if the employee was like yeah i want to leave Right. Yeah, they can just we leave. We wouldn't. We wouldn't say yeah. that the employee is like wrong for wanting to leave. Also, but they're in a contract. Or you could sign it. No, or you could sign it. Like, you can still. Yeah. If, yeah, you can still if, leave if a you job. Don't employer, you can still <laughs> not, leave. Yeah. No, not not if it's not not if it's that's only if it's at will. Here's what you I think like, with a contract situation. If you're in a contract, you have to you have to. I mean, with the James, with the James I, the, situation and all that stuff like that. The only reason that they do it is because of the optics. Is the only reason why they ever buy into it. It's because they don't want their franchise to believe that they're you know a terrible franchise that like they're you know that they don't know how to manage their players or, or whatever it is like no franchise wants to have disgruntled players um you know in their organization the only reason that they do it is because it looks bad on their part not because like maybe he does have a point they don't care about that <laughs> i mean in, in this analogy that not in this analogy in this exact scenario i mean if they've signed a contract are they like blindly obedient to the will of yeah. the organization because you can no, they, are, they are obedient to what the contract, says. The of the contract and the contract yes. definitely stipulates that we can play you or sit you right no but like, i mean like are, how, how, how more how far do you want to take this if the oblig- if the contract says like <laughs> the like you have to do anything that is in the best interest of the portland trailblazers like if they tell you like okay we want you to go run this like this marathon because it, it's a, it's a good morale booster for the community and you tear your ACL. Okay, like, but this is not common sense though. Is it? Yeah, no, 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 Contracts definitely stipulate like that within reason or some or like a reasonable person would. Contracts they exist for no, 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 no. Contracts exist for more reasons than just for employers to exploit employees. There's more to this. Like, <laughs> what are you? No, no. What are you talking about? Contracts are a negotiation. There's things like that. Like, you sign a contract with an expectation. Sure, in this scenario, but it, the way in which you're framing it is so broad. We signed you for a role. What does that mean? That could be redefined in any sense. Like, and then if. The expectation of what the like what the player wants is not necessarily what like there's so much vagueness in a contract in Andre this scenario. Drummond like is a player for the Cleveland Cavaliers, whatever that entitles, and they're gonna pay him for whatever you know for the same amount that he signed that he's under contract. I know he didn't sign with them, but he's under contract for. He's a he's he's just a Cleveland Cavaliers player, and players sit and players play, and he's sitting right now. They could they could. What, would it be wrong? Let's say Andre Drummond, his entire career is a center. And one day they say, Andre, we want you to go in there, and you're going to be a point guard today. Like, is that wrong? Like, I mean, I feel like that's... Yeah, Lucas, in your example, you said you said um, contracts aren't just a way for an employer to exploit an employee, but then your example was an employer exploiting an employee. So I was, I was confused at what you were getting at. 
Okay, I sorry to refer, I think that the way in which you're framing contracts in this scenario um, is that an employee, like the, the player signs a contract, and then they just have to do whatever the organization wants That's them to do. That's not what I was do. framing it as. Yes, you are, because you're saying, yes, you are, because you're saying, listen, that in the <laughs> best, in, listen, in the, that you're saying, if a, organiz, a player has to follow whatever the, organiz, whatever the organization thinks is in the best interest of being whatever you broadly define as being a basketball player for the Cleveland Cavaliers. So if you're saying that the contract says that you sit, you sit. If you if you want to play, you play. And the way in which I think that that's presented is that you're it serves as like a tool for the whoever's in charge to just do with you whatever they will when you signed a contract to do a specific thing. I don't know. It's just parameters to what what am I getting for services rendered? It's it's a, it's a, it's an agree it's like a it's an agreement between two parties. It's not obviously right. Andre Drummond signed his contract or whatever. Well, but, okay, not but with the Cavs. Goes, this whatever. goes back to the original question. If it's an agreement no. between two parties, why should one party be yeah. given yeah. more like leeway for not yeah. liking the other party than vice versa? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you're giving them the platform to do your work, well, like, right? Like, yeah. I, like we can make this podcast, whatever. But like, if Fox Sports wants to give us the platform to do it. Then we're then we are going to be under some of their rules. Jared, I don't buy the power the power dynamic that's being laid out where the players are these like you know these employees on the organization. <laughs> why, don't the they they are why don't they start their own league? The, the people that have the, the power. The I think I think the players have more power here. No, the players don't. are the ones who are paid. The players are paid way more than any of the guys making the front office decisions here. Yeah, like, not the owner. They're the owner. Yeah, okay, well, he's not getting paid for this in particular. Right. Yeah. Like. I just I mean, don't that, think it's as clear as like there's this huge power that's like giving these players this wonderful platform. Like it's the players who are making this happen. Oh yeah, like, but employees have the right to strike to withhold yeah. their labor. Like all of those yeah. things are protected under U.S. law. Like you can. Do- I, we're not talking about strikes right now, though. Like, no, wait, it's. I mean, you're I mean seriously yeah, striking. Yeah, James. James <laughs> no, Harden. No, no, they're saying he, they're saying we're still paying you. We just don't want you to play. No, well, in the no, no, no. drumming case. Well, then they're locking him out. Then it's the reverse. This happens whenever the like NBA doesn't. Him. They're not. They're not. <laughs> they're yeah, like it's, they are still, but they're still upholding their end of the bargain. Is all I'm saying. They 100 are. But if there's no chance for him to ever play basketball, are they really? Like a bench yes. player might be signed they're with the expectation him. that they. But you're not fulfilling any role that was set forward. If you're a basketball player for the Cleveland Cavaliers, you should have a chance to play basketball for the Cleveland Cavaliers. No. Well, then what's the point? What's the point of these like, the, of the contract? The Cleveland Cavaliers, who happens to play I mean, basketball. I mean, does he have the same rights then as the guy that works like the hot dog stand? Like, I don't know. Like, they're both employees of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, they have. The we're same gonna we're gonna run circles unless we see an actual NBA contract, which we obviously exactly. <laughs> <laughs> is it signed out, between yeah. the league? <laughs> is it signed between the league and the player? That's that's my question. Look, here's here, Andre Drummond's point, or excuse me, Draymond Green's point about accountability and the way that we talk about that has nothing to do with the NBA. It has everything to do with the fans and how we talk about it because like, yeah, yeah, it's not the NBA's responsibility to, to, you know, find these teams for situations like this when nobody's being like Andre Drummond is still getting paid. So why would they find the Cleveland Cavaliers? Like we as media and fans are the ones that have to talk about it differently than, you know, like league officials do like, it's all the the only person he's talking to is us, and he thinks he's talking to somebody else. 
Yeah. I agree with that. I don't, yeah, I don't disagree with that, but I do think that, um, what's it called? What was I going to say? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Okay. I mean, it just, yeah. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll conclude, I yeah, guess, conclude, with this. Yeah, conclude, and then we got to move say. on. I just, it, it's frustrating to me that, like, uh, we've talked about, like, Bart said, a contract is oh. an agreement between two parties. And Aiden, I'll give you the platform after this, since you remember. <laughs> I'll be quick. But you don't give the players equal weight. Yes, you say double standards must exist, and that's true in some scenarios. Like, but... The like the teacher student scenario in which the double standard must exist, it, it's such a different dynamic than an employer and an employee. Like the, there's no, like I just I don't know. I'm I'm running myself in circles and <laughs> yeah yeah. Students are, not... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> students, yeah. students are not yeah. <laughs> I do think there are cases where the league should step in in cases like this. It's this the same way that I think they should step in if someone's clearly tanking because this is not. Mm different from that as far as i can see okay they're the cavaliers <laughs> i mean they're not <laughs> they're tanking just the by putting five are, yeah, on the field. every day they go out there same with the detroit pistons I... <laughs> we just need them last year move on from the boot licking i feel like the this employers. was a rare like unresolved discussion like i don't feel resolved at the end of this where a lot of the other ones i'm like yeah i think mm-hmm. we we came yeah. to an agreement this one i don't think yeah. I do. you're, you're don't worry listeners yeah. 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 yeah yeah all right we'll last... come back for part two next week and then part yeah. three, the week <laughs> i'm after not done with we finally have a conclusion yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our last segment we're going to do a little either or lucas had mentioned that there's an endless debate among 76er fans about whether Embiid or simmons are more important to the team kind of like brady belichick as well let's weigh in on some mostly nba Lucas, I'll start with this one. Who's more important to the 76ers, Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons? Um, I think it seems a pretty cut and dry case on its surface. The Simmons is excellent, and I'll eat my words on any criticism I had of him earlier in the year. Um, and Embiid is a transcendent talent. I don't think if you look at the stats, it's as clear-cut as it seems. If you look at the last two years, when Simmons plays but Embiid doesn't, they're 500. But when Embiid plays... But Ben doesn't. Um, they're eleven and seventeen, so pretty far below five hundred. If you look at in the playoffs, um, when Ben plays but Joel doesn't, they're two and one. But when it's just Embiid but not Simmons, uh, they're zero and four. Um, so the, the stats make it seem like the team is better suited um, when Embiid is the sole superstar on the floor, rather, or when Simmons is the sole superstar on the floor, rather than. Um, and B because their record's better, but I think I still think you have to go and beat here, especially with the huge leap he's taken this year. I think Simmons might do might cover more aspects of the game, and that's why the it's more sort of papered over um, when he um, when he's in, but uh, Embiid isn't. So like he can score in the paint, he can pass, he can play defense, he can do all those things. But I still think Embiid is just such a transcendent talent that he's more important to the team in the long run. Like, I think a, a team with just Embiid on it has a higher ceiling than one with Simmons, which I think I think a team with Simmons could be consistently good, but I think a team with Embiid could be potentially great. Uh, Bart. Yeah, that was, that was my long-term takeaway as well. Although, 
So I, I was looking at some on-off stats, and on this one place where I was looking, Embiid's on-off stats are actually better than Simmons. Um, mm-hmm. Like, his differential Embiid's is, is 21 points or so. Simmons is only 12. So it seems like Embiid actually helps the Sixers more uh, as an individual than Ben does. But that's just one thing. I, the, the win-loss record is also kind of telling, I guess. But, um, yeah, I just think it's Embiid because, like, at the end of the day, he, Simmons is, like, a really good passer, right, and also, like, a top-tier defender. But it seems like Embiid is, is so well-rounded. And like I was saying earlier, Simmons' shooting is so limited to just, like, inside the paint. It seems like Embiid is still, yeah, the more valuable, like, all-around versatile piece. I would rather have him if I had to choose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, <clears throat> I'll start on this next one. Who's more important to the Celtics, Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown? I, uh, it's close. I know PER and Winshare both say that Jalen Brown is more valuable. Is more valuable, but I still went Tatum because he's just slightly better in the volume stats. Even though Brown's more efficient in general, I still like Tatum better. I know Celtics fans want Jalen Brown to hit more free throws as well. His percentage is a little low on that. And and I mean they're both long. They're both young, but Jason Tatum is still only 22 and. I, I think he still has. I think he has more upside than Jalen Brown does too, um, and I would rather if I if I had to get rid of him, I would rather keep Tatum. Aiden, what do you think? Yeah, I also went Tatum. I think he's a more versatile player. I feel like he's a, a little bit more of a unique matchup, given that he can overpower guys in the paint if he has a mis- if he has a mismatch, and then from behind the arc he shoots you know forty percent. Um, but honestly, like Jalen Brown definitely feels like he's closing the gap. Like l- last year, this would have been a much easier question i think um jalen brown's averaging like five more points a game this year he also shoots 40 percent from three like um they're both just very like they're very versatile players Mm -hmm. like they both guard forwards and guards at pretty much like equal rates um it's just kind of curious as to why the celtics aren't better (laughs) it doesn't seem like their like kind of growth which it does feel like they keep growing like is in tandem with the celtics actually like being better yeah third one who deserves more credit for this phoenix sun success this season devin booker or chris paul aiden back to you i hate to say it but the all-star game got it right it's chris paul (laughs) honestly just ages like wine the dude is Mm -hmm. like he's shooting 50 percent from the field like eight assists to to two turnovers 40 percent from three the Suns are plus five when he's on the floor, which compared to Booker, I think was like plus two or three or something like that. Um, and the like, Chris Paul's 0.2 win shares per 48 minutes compared to Devin Booker's 0.086. So it's it's not even close. Technically, by win shares, Devin Booker is the fourth most valuable player on this team after Paul, Mikel Bridges, Bridgers, and uh, Aiton. Um, which I don't think is necessarily true, um, but mm-hmm. but I do think Chris Paul like has been has kind of taken the Suns to a bit of another level. Um, and no diss on like Devin Booker is a very good player, but one kind of interesting thing about Devin Booker is that he like turns the ball over a lot. He's he turns it over three point five times a game, which is top ten in the NBA. Um, and considering all the other guys in the top ten average over five assists, and Booker's at like four point three, I think um, it's kind of I didn't realize that he was kind of. Um, a little bit irresponsible with the ball. Um, great shooter, though. So, anyway, Lucas. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the All-Star game also got it right. I think Chris Paul's more important. I think um, I, the team becomes a little one-dimensional if Devin Booker is your best player. Um, and I think the offense can uh, work around him or is built to just sort of 
have him score, which can work. Like he's a, he's an excellent player as we've started. But I don't know. Chris Brawl brings lots more guys into the game. When they played the Sixers the other week, he made Dario Sarge look incredible. Like lots of points, <laughs> found him in open space. So I just think that he's overall uh, much more important to the team at this point um, than Devin Booker. Even if Devin Booker is a better scorer. Good stuff. Fourth one. Who's more important to their respective teams? Anthony Davis to the Lakers or James Harden to the Nets? Bart, I'll start with you. I mean, to me, it's got to be Anthony Davis. I don't know if that's – it seems like cut and dry at first. I looked into it a little more. I was kind of surprised. But, I mean, yeah, I think it's Anthony Davis firstly just by the fact that the Lakers only have one star and the Nets have two other stars. Like The Lakers have one other star in LeBron. Um, and then just like consider the fact that Anthony Davis was on the all NBA first team, uh, all defense team last year. And he's also like, I don't, it might be a stretch to say he's as valuable offensively as Harden, but he's close. Um, so he's just like more versatile. Right. And then on off numbers, the Lakers lose more with Anthony Davis off than the Nets do with Harden off, which probably doesn't come as a surprise. Right. Um, yeah, so to me, it's it's got to be Anthony Davis. What do you think, Wyatt? I agree with everything that you said, and I think <clears throat> just to kind of put a cherry on top is that we've already seen what the Lakers are capable of with Anthony Davis as far as winning a championship goes. Mm-hmm. This conversation could swing the other way, but as I mean, as of right now, <clears throat> the Nets have not won a championship, and they might get an opportunity to later. But I would say Anthony Davis as well for that. Last one. Who's NFL one? Who's more important making the Chiefs offense so hard to defend? Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill? And I'm starting on this one. For me as Tyreek Hill, I think it's hard for a secondary when you're when you always have to worry about a deep threat. And you can kind of get like a free touchdown if if Tyreek Hill just happens to get behind them, which happens a lot. You kind of get like a freebie, which you need every once in a while in games. And you don't have to be lucky once uh, with that. And when he goes deep, he like he's taking a safety with him. And his corner, like you're probably doubling him by the if he's on a streak route, and then Kelsey is that's the reason why Kelsey can kind of sneak in in the middle all the time. So I think Tyreek Hill's more is a bigger reason for why they're indefensible at some points. I agree, and but, I originally wrote down Travis Kelsey because I, Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in football in my opinion right now. But Tyreek Hill is probably the more dynamic player in that offense, and he's borderline unguardable. Uh, his yard after catch is incredible. The way he scrambles around in the open field. He's a really hard guy to guard. And the, I mean, you know exactly what he's going to do. And he still does it at a really, uh, you know, he still does it really well. So I would say Tyreek Hill is, is what makes the motor go for that Chiefs offense. Awesome. <clears throat> and that's it. That's all we have to say about everything. Uh, everything was resolved. Go ahead and let us know what you guys thought at our twitter at you thought sport follow us on tiktok instagram twitter everything jared just said subscribe to apple Podcasts. leave us a review we appreciate the listens and let us know what you think of the podcast so far thank you